to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. We, we had some, uh, some wonderful moments on holidays and we spent a couple of hours in Margaret River one day, a gap between heading out for lunch. And, and so we had a bit of time to walk down just the main street of Margaret's. And many of you can picture it, you can pull it up in your mind. And so we, we had what does happen reasonably often. Levi and I kind of broke away from the girls and let them do their thing. And we ended up in the sports shop. And, and um, Ayla's always torn. She can go both ways. Uh, and, and so Levi and I end up in the sports shop and uh, looking at stuff and throwing things around. And uh, then we ended up in the lolly shop. And uh, the sweet shop there, and you know, you walk into a lolly shop, and it's a spectacle for the senses, for the eyes, the colours, and it's uh, there are different smells, and and it just you just start salivating. Uh, there are memories that take you back when you're a bit older, back to being a kid, and lollies, and there's a you know that kid in a candy shop. There's there's still real excitement that does bubble inside of me uh, in that. In that place, and you're looking, and, I, and I'm literally, you know, you go, oh, I could, I could buy that, I could buy that, I could buy that, I could buy that. I'm like, what's our holiday budget? Uh, how much will this require in the gym to work off at the other end? Um, and you, you know, again, you, you look around, and you can see there are just all the colours, and then this and that, and like hundreds of flavours and textures, and tiny lollies, big lollies. And then I saw what I haven't seen for ages: the double salted licorice. Oh, I heard a yes. There was a, Adrian, the Dutch heritage. And uh, who, who's never tried double salted licorice? Just give me a wave. And it's okay. This is not, not a shaming moment. Uh, so probably most of you, so you must try. It's a little bit like diving into the ocean with your mouth and nose open. And it, it clears things out. And, uh, but it's sweet and exciting and horrible all at the... It's this... It's crazy. I want to tell you this morning, prayer is a bit like a lolly shop and God is a bit like lollies. Now, this analogy falls way short, so I don't want any complaint. Yes, God is 10 zillion times better than lollies, okay? Even if lollies were made of kale and perfectly flavorsome and perfectly healthy at the same time. But there is something in the, the imagery here that I, I think can help us. Prayer is a little bit like a lolly shop, and God is a little bit like lollies. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Forget not his benefits. God is better than the best life-giving lolly. And so this image here, I, I want us to see that that prayer isn't an end in itself. Just like the, the lolly shop isn't an end in itself. You walk in a lolly shop for the lollies. And prayer is, is a gateway, is a doorway, is this opportunity to commune with God. Second little thought is, is perhaps our prayer life has been restricted. 
that we've defined ourselves as this or that or not this or not that in the realm of prayer. And it could be a little bit like maybe you're looking in the glass of the lolly shop and you're like, prayer is for, for those Christians or those or people who are good enough or whatever definitions we've placed. And, and so maybe our prayer life has been looking from the outside in. Or maybe you've gone into the lolly shop and you just kind of, you have your little section that you're familiar with. Maybe it's the Dutch licorice section, the salted licorice. And so you kind of wander in, you get that, and then you leave the shop. And, and there's this expanse in the shop of all these other flavours and, and opportunities. And we, we've just kind of, we've built our prayer life around this little, I go in, this is comfortable, this is what I know, and, and now I leave. I want us to look around the lolly shop today. Look around the expanse of the colour, the opportunities that are there. There are thousands of types of lollies. And it's like, in a, in a small way, what, I, what I'm trying to help us see here is, is there, there is no end to the expanse of the wonder of our God. And so today we're going to very quickly journey through the entire book of Luke. This is probably a 10-week series uh, in the next 30 or so minutes. Obviously just touch points. And what I want us to see is what we're going to be doing is where I've looked through the the book of Luke and, and found every example of Jesus praying or talking about prayer. So we're going to look at the life of Christ and see there are 33 touch points for us in the book of Luke where we see the prayer life of Jesus and what he modelled for us and what he was teaching us. And as we are people who are followers of Jesus, as he was a person of prayer, we are called to be people of prayer. And Jesus shows us some of the incredible breadth of what prayer is and what prayer can do. And I want us to see this today. And so I want our, our hearts and our minds open just for this, it's like this, this gushing of the Spirit through what we see of Christ in the Word that just comes and, and washes out some of the preconceived ideas or fears or, or whatever it is in our prayer life, the frustrations or, or disappointments to wash it away and to deposit truth and deposit something of strength as we stand as a people of prayer in 2023 and as we lean in as we step into the lolly shop again we see uh, just in the book of Luke as Jesus lives and talks about prayer we, we see that prayer is a doorway to, to edification and encouragement to deliverance to praise healing intercession supernatural freedom a deep relationship with the Father empowering of the Spirit the prophetic thanksgiving guidance and wisdom supernatural provision discipleship and strength to live your call all seen in the life of Christ in the book of Luke all aspects of who God is and what God loves to give. And so let's dive in. Lord, would you help us come to prayer, come to you like kids in a candy shop this year? Here we go. First, first one, Luke 3, 
21. And, and so if you, if you like writing these down, then you can write down all 33. I'm going to mention the references. We're not going to look at all the scriptures uh, in, in detail. We will stop at a few. But Luke 3.21, Jesus and many others are being baptised by, by John. And Jesus is praying during his baptism and the Spirit descends like a dove. And there is this voice from the Father that says, You are my Son, whom I love with you I am well pleased. And here we see prayer is this place of empowerment from the Spirit. Prayer is this place of stamping of identity. As Jesus got this edification from the Father of who He was and who He was called to be. There's this encouragement woven in in this first example of prayer. Luke 4, 1, and Jesus is drawn for 40 days into the desert for prayer and fasting. And it's this, this season, this intense season of prayer and fasting for Jesus. And here we see prayer builds this reliance on the Spirit and on the Word of God above even Jesus' own feelings and temptations. And I just want to pause here for a moment. And someone I care very deeply about who has modelled this, who has gone to a place of prayer and fasting at key times in his life to receive the victory of Christ more and more, is Pastor Ben Gould. And today, thanks Nixon, today is, thank you, just appeared in my hand is Ben's 20th anniversary on staff. So this is, this is a gift for all of you for putting up with Ben for uh, 20 whole years. Ben has fought the good fight and continues to. And there are testimonies of, like, he wouldn't be standing here today if he hadn't gone to seasons of prayer and fasting to see the victory of Christ move from a concept, because for all of us, the victory of Christ can be a concept, but for His victory to live inside of us and be our reality, for us to appropriate the victory of Christ inside of us, then there are principles in the Word of God for us to walk out. There is a following the Spirit and a keeping in step with the Spirit that keeps that victory alive in us and takes it from concept into reality. And so we thank God for Ben for 20 years and plenty more to come. And so... So... You may be seated. (laughs) I just really want to thank Pastor John and Di 
for seeing something in me. I mean, I'm still pretty broken now, <laughs> but 20 years ago. <laughs> um, thank you for seeing something in me, for believing in me. You offered me a 10 and a half month contract, um, and I've lasted 20 years, uh, but I'm so grateful to you guys, to Pastor Jason M, and to this incredible church community for all your love and support. And uh, Obviously, I boast in nothing but Christ, but you guys, you guys spur me on to keep going. So thank you. Uh, so we, uh, Ben's got a voucher there to help you towards uh, getting to AFL gather round in uh, Adelaide. Catch, I don't know, 10 games of AFL over a weekend. So we'll give you a weekend off. You go watch some footy. That'll help you and Harrison get there. Okay, third. It's all right, they all don't take this long. Uh, remember, there's only 33, no dramas. It's, uh, it may end up being part two. Uh, whew, okay, let's, let's churn through a few. So third reference here, Luke five sixteen, tells us that Jesus often went to lonely places and prayed. And so here we see habit prayer and this habit of private devotion built into the life of Christ. Luke 6.12, alone on a mountainside, Jesus goes and and prays and he ends up spending the whole night praying. And this is the night before he chooses the 12 disciples. And so here we see Jesus agonizing in prayer as there's this wrestling for who's going to be a part of his crew. And so there's this this press in to the Father for, for guidance, direction, wisdom, clarity. In Luke 7-11, in the town of Nain, as Jesus is entering, there's this funeral procession as this widow has a son who, is, who has died. And Jesus' heart went out to her and, and he speaks to this young man who's dead and says, get up. And here we see resurrection life. We see a miracle of life from death. Luke 8-22, Jesus with his disciples, he's on a boat crossing the Sea of Galilee. It gets a little bit rough. People start freaking out. And, and here Jesus speaks, he declares. He speaks to the wind and the waves. And, and prayer here is this, is this entry point into a miracle, the changing of a practical reality on earth. Luke eight twenty six. Jesus meets a man called Legion, demonically oppressed. And Jesus commands these impure spirits to come out of him. And then there's this fascinating conversation between Jesus and these demons who are pleading with him. And here we see there's a miracle, supernatural freedom for someone who was so horribly oppressed. Luke 9 from verse 1, Jesus calls the 12 disciples together and he imparts power to them, for them to go and proclaim the kingdom of God, for them to pray for the sick and heal the oppressed. And so here we see prayer. There's, there's this equipping and empowering, and there's a sending that happens in this prayer moment. In Luke 9, 16, Jesus is preaching to, to thousands upon thousands. It gets late. They need food. They're hungry. And so Jesus takes the food that is there from this boy, these five loaves and two fish, and he breaks it and he gives thanks to God. 
And as he's thanking the father for his provision, this provision is then multiplied and everyone is fed with many left over. So here we see this glorious intersection between thanksgiving and God's work of provision through prayer. Luke 9, 18. Uh, Once again, when, when Jesus was praying in private, and it says, and his disciples were with him. Jesus is praying, the disciples are close, they're kind of watching, they're still trying to figure out everything that's happening, and Jesus moves straight from prayer into asking them a question. And so here we see this beautiful intersection between private devotion and discipleship. And so our call, you and I, our call is to go make disciples. It's our mandate as followers of Christ. And for each of us, Jesus here demonstrates this beautiful coming together of prayer and discipleship. And we see it multiple times through Luke. And so for parents here, this mandate comes on us, that in our discipling of our children, that prayer is a part of that. Friends with each other as we have a discipleship role in in our friends' lives, that there's a lean into prayer in our friendship space. Leaders, for those we lead, again, that prayer is so naturally a part of this. Prayer is an essential part of discipleship. Our 11th example in, in Luke 9:28, Jesus takes Peter, James and John up the mountainside to pray. This is the transfer, transfiguration moment and Jesus has this tangible encounter that changes his physical appearance. And the father speaks to the disciples and he tells them he says this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And here we see this Multiple things coming together. There's encounter, there's transformation in this prayer context. There's also discipleship as Jesus is bringing the guys with him. And then there's this unifying alignment as the Father speaks and says, this is my son, listen to him, follow him. There's this unity that's established as they, as they do so. In, in Luke 9.37 and following this, we see this impure spirit in a boy and Jesus rebukes the spirit and again we see this miracle is healing supernatural freedom in Luke 10 from verse 1 onwards Jesus before sending out the 72 he sent out the 12 and now the the 72 and these are disciples who are appointed to carry the good news and and go out and and, and Jesus says the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you. And here we see this intercession for soul winners. And then we see this charge or this sense of commissioning to go and be the literal answer to the prayer that Jesus just prayed. That is profound if we stop and think about that for a little bit. And, you know, there, there are some incredible people here who have, who have taken that to the next level. And people have said, Lord, I, I want you to send out workers into the harvest field. and I hear your call to go, and so I'm going to go. And so we're going to pray again for Pastor Rach and Pastor Emmanuel now and can I get you guys to stand and we're going to do something really different can you come come just this way and uh, and I want you to 
to come stand here, kind of next to, next to John and Sheila, um, just kind of halfway up here. And Tim Wood, visiting from America. Hey, Tim. And stand this way. Okay, so now I want everyone in the church to stand. And so these guys are surrounded. This is the imagery. So close the aisle behind them, please. Just step out into the aisle. And in front here, close the aisle so there's no gap. Surrounded 360. So Rach, for those who don't know, left Aussie to plant a church in Bali. Left many dreams just to follow the call of God. He's just done wonders. So I just want you to pray blessing, protection, strength. Go ahead right now, every person, whether you know these guys or not, as they carry the message of the cross into Indonesia. Come on, speak blessing in Jesus' name. Power of God poured out. Strength in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord, that even though at times they would feel like they're standing alone, we thank you that they are surrounded by those on earth and those who have gone before. We thank you, Lord, that there is power from heaven. That where the world says there is no way, I thank you that you say there is a way, that you are the way maker. And so we thank you for the glory and the power of God poured out upon Pastor H and Pastor Emmanuel. Lord, we commission them for your service afresh. We thank you that there is a sound from heaven that is upon them that will be sent out. And, and I see, Rachel and Emmanuel, that it was like, as Em was praying for you guys up here earlier, it's like your children and then your spiritual children are all like arrows sent out. And there is power in your words. For, and particularly, Rachel, when you preach and Emmanuel, when you sing, that there is an anointing, there is a sending there is this, even as worship is going up, there is a sending that is happening in hearts as God through His Spirit is moving in people where they are called to be a part of His powerful move on planet earth in this time. And so God, we thank you. Just everyone reach out your hand now. We speak blessing. You are blessed, empowered. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we just go ahead and thank God for these people and make some noise. We love you. We love you guys. Beautiful. Beautiful. We can part the Red Sea now and let them through. So good. We love you guys and we'll pray again on Tuesday with the team. And we're all called. We're all sent ones. Whatever that looks like in, in the big and the little. Every moment of every day. Lord, send us. Luke 10, 21. After the 72 who were appointed, they, they've gone and they've carried the gospel. They return with good news and Jesus praises the Father. He just, this thanksgiving comes up and here we see the beautiful intersection between prayer and praise. Luke 11, one, one day Jesus was praying 
And when he had finished, the disciples heard something in his prayer and said, Jesus, teacher, would you teach us how to pray? You've got something we don't. And that's a great disposition for all of us. If, if you don't feel like you've arrived in your prayer journey, you're probably actually at a really healthy place. And so if you see someone who's got something in a realm of prayer that, that you don't think you've got, let's have this disposition, this beautiful humility. Hey, teach me, how does that work for you? What, what is, teach us how to pray. Can we stand together again? This is fun, right? This is... Uh, If you don't want to stand, you can hold a deep squat. It's your other alternative. If we can have the Lord's Prayer up. And so this is from from Matthew. Jesus gives this, this framework, this template, which we can read together in unison as we will, or it can be a springboard where you just get stuck on one word that takes you on a journey as you're interceding on behalf of heaven. Can I encourage you as well that I've done a 10-part video series, which is on our, on our YouTube, C3 Hepburn Heights. And you go to playlists there. And, and if you want the Lord's Prayer to come alive for you a little more, then go ahead and set a Netflix, just jump on and, and maybe watch that. I want us to read the Lord's Prayer together as one. So out loud, so your ears can hear your voice, okay? Not just next to you or mine, but, but your voice. Here we go, all together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from evil. Amen. God bless you. In Luke 16, Jesus continues after the Lord's prayer with three pictures that demonstrate boldness, persistence. And then this, the third one is, is, is really interesting. It's this understanding that the Holy Spirit is actually the greatest gift we could ever receive, far greater than the thing that we even ask for, that the presence and the work of the Spirit, there could not be any greater gift for us. Luke 14, Jesus drives out an evil spirit that kept a man mute and, and he began to speak and everyone was amazed. And so again, here we see prayer being this door opening for the, the miracle working power, healing, supernatural, supernatural freedom. Luke eleven thirty two, 32, Jesus is describing how Nineveh repented at the preaching of, of Jonah. They prayed, they fasted, they turned from their evil ways. And, and Jesus is saying, this would be right for you to do also as you listen to my words. And here we see that prayer is this beautiful place of repentance and a turning to God and his ways. Luke thirteen ten, Jesus heals a crippled woman on the Sabbath. How controversial. He places his hands on her and says, woman, you are set free from your infirmity and she stands healed. And again, we see this, this miracle of physical healing. And Jesus heals today. This is not something that was. This is something that is. And so right now, if you need healing in your physical body and you would like to be prayed for, I just want you to stand where you are. Stand where you are. If you need healing your physical body. Just go ahead where you are. Just stand. Just stand.
Awesome. Not awesome that you needed to stand, but that we can now stand together. So what I want you to do is just look around before, before everyone else is going to just quickly move and pray. And if you, it's your first time in church, then that's okay. You can just kind of just watch and, and go, wow, this is, this is, well, hopefully this is really cool. But anyone who's a believer here, I just want you to look around and find who you're going to go to so that every person has at least, we could probably go two people for every person standing, at least. And then I want you to move. In a, in a moment, in a moment. So make sure everyone is kind of identified where they're going to go. Because once you stand, you can't see who was standing. Because now you're all standing. So, so figure that out now. And as you pray, this is not about eloquent words. As you pray, this is not about you being awesome. Or some kind of faith hero. Because none of us can manufacture any of that. This is the finished work of Christ. And so as you pray, I just want you to so place your hand on it, like on the shoulder. It's what Jesus did here. This is where it comes from, like the reaching out your hand, the placing your hand on. And so somewhere like a shoulder is a safe place. And I want you to, you could say simply freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. And you're looking to God for him to do the work. You don't have to sweat, spit, yell. Freedom in Jesus' name. Okay, everyone move and surround these people. Place your hand on a shoulder and just go ahead right now and just begin to pray. Freedom in Jesus' name. Speak healing, life, freedom. You're the healer. You're the healer. You're the healer. Freedom in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Yes, God. God, let your love and your grace flow. Let healing flow. Let the goodness of God be seen. Thank you. You have authority over every sickness, every infirmity. And so we release the power of God to flow in Jesus' mighty name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Yeah, God. We thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, church. That is a beautiful picture of who we are, of who we are called to be. And sometimes we think we need to have a one hour and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it can be a gentle prayer in a coffee shop where you reach out and hold your friend's hand and pray. And God can move in that space just like he can in a 24 hour prayer meeting. And so let's not limit God and his goodness. Well, we're only up to number 20. So we have 13 left. I'm just letting you into what's happening in my head right now. And I have about three minutes. So we may pull optional church this evening. Uh, 
Luke 17, verse 6, Jesus calls his followers to be generous in forgiving others, to be radical in forgiving others. And it's in this context, he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, say to the tree, be uprooted, planted in the sea, and it will obey you. We can see that there is incredible power in him, not us. You go, I can't, I can't forgive, I can't let go. In him we can. So here we see that prayer just opens this doorway. It enables us to live beyond our abilities in his abilities. Luke 18, 1, there's the parable of the persistent widow to demonstrate persistence in prayer again. Luke 18, 1. Jesus contrasts those with, with prideful hearts who pray long and loud for the purpose of being seen and, and th- then those with radical humility who would humble themselves before God. And Jesus says those who humble themselves will be exalted and showing us that, that as we just simply come humbly in prayer, he has the power, he has the authority and, and then we're positioned for him to move. Luke eighteen forty two, blind man yelling out to Jesus to heal him. People try and stop him calling, but he yells even louder, Jesus, I need your help. He's not shut down by the voice of others, by the, by the whatever. And Jesus says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. You've pushed in past what was comfortable and somehow for you, that's what was required for you to receive your healing. It's not a A plus A equals A. I don't even know what that equation is. Sometimes it's an A plus C equals D. When we think we've got God figured out, he's taking you on your unique journey to liberate you from things that you need liberated from, which the person next to you doesn't necessarily. And so maybe someone else's prayer is answered in that moment because that's what they need in their walk. Maybe he's calling you actually to a period of fasting because that's what he needs to build in you for you and for others. And so it's not a, it doesn't always just... A line. And so this man had to keep on yelling out, Luke 19, 37, Jesus enters Jerusalem and the crowd spontaneously erupts into loud prayer and praise. Here we see again the beauty of praise and prayer. Luke 19, 46, Jesus enters the temple, clearing out all that is not important. And, and he quotes Isaiah, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer. And actually in Isaiah, we see that It talks about joy in the house of prayer. There is something that is released in us. As we are a people of prayer, there is a supernatural joy that we are positioned for that God makes available for us. And that happens individually, but there is something profound as we pray together. And stay tuned for exciting opportunities this year. Luke 20, 47. He warns them, again, not to be like the religious leaders, fancy prayers. And so Jesus is really clear, just because your prayer doesn't sound fancy, if you're not eloquent with words, that makes no difference to him. Come with simple faith. If I can have the keys, come and join me, please. Luke 21, 36, Jesus says there are many temptations and worries that can sidetrack or even shipwreck. So always be watchful and prayerful. And here we see again, prayer is a gift a pathway to combat temptation and to help us remain faithful. Luke 22, 14 to 16. And if you can take a hold of your communion emblems right now. Here, the Last Supper, and we see prayer as thanksgiving, as remembrance, as something using 
what has now become for us tangible symbols connected to prayer. And so from Luke 22, 14, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. As we hold the bread together this morning, if you haven't received emblems, please just wave and now team will help you we have a few awesome beautiful have a few down here thanks guys once you've released those plastic layers I want you to hold the cracker just go ahead the bread representing his body. From verse 19, and he took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it. And then he gave it to them, to us now, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Verse 20. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Church, let's drink together. We thank you, Jesus. Luke 22, 32. Jesus tells Simon Peter that he's prayed for him and yet he's about to stumble, but he'll find his feet again. And here we see the prayer, this place of intercession and there's the prophetic also. Luke 20, 22, 39 to 46, the night before Jesus was crucified, he went as usual to the Mount of Olives, to his Garden of Gethsemane at the foot of the Mount of Olives with his disciples. And Jesus falls on the ground and calls out to the Father in his darkest moment. And here we see prayer can be an honest bearing of the soul. Not trying to just grit his teeth and bear it through the toughest moment of his life, but this pouring out of his heart to the Father, showing us that our emotions belong, surrendered to God, held before him in the toughest of moments. And we see prayer here as this Releasing power to resist temptation. Luke 23, 34, as Jesus is being crucified, he prays and he says, Father, forgive them. People crucifying, Father, forgive them, those that crucify me. 
Luke 23, 46, as Jesus breathes his last breath, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Prayer is this place of radical trust when you are facing the absolute worst, maybe the end of it all. And then Luke 24, 30, this fascinating conversation of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And then he stops in for dinner at this, these two disciples' house and he, they haven't recognised them. This is the resurrected Jesus. He, he breaks bread and gives thanks. And their eyes are open to see him. And, and here there's this prayer of thankfulness that results in this crazy moment of revelation for others. And so Lord, would you help us to take a step today, each and every one of us. Jesus, we thank you for what you taught us on prayer, for how you modelled prayer. And right now for the call to be a people who step in, who step into the candy shop as it were, who look around, who see something again of the magnificence of God, of the freedom you long to bring in our lives and into our world. And so God, wherever we're at, we simply come before you and we say, would you take us, use us? Would you reveal to us the wonders of who you are through this magnificent opportunity called prayer? We're journeying with you and we're journeying together this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.